Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of the DualShockers Whipcast. I'm your host, Giuseppe Nelva, and this is a weekly podcast in which I talk about Japanese games, anime, manga, Japanese geek culture in general, and more. Of course, DualShockers is a gaming website, so the spotlight is on games. Our extended hobby tends to include the rest as well. Today's episode focuses on Gamescom. While it's held in Germany, it came with a ton of Japanese games on the show floor, and many Japanese developers were in attendance. Yet, I'm getting ahead of myself. As usual, we talk about games and anime I played in so last week. But as you may very well imagine, I didn't have time for a single anime episode. As of games, I played a ton of them, like uh, at Gamescom mostly. But um, I have finished uh, to play Yakuza Kiwami 2, for which you can read the review already on the site. Uh, of course, it was fantastic. It's literally the best Yakuza game uh, out at the moment, according to me. Um, it's also the one that I, to which I given the highest score with a nice 9.5. Um, and then I played a lot of, well, when I had some time, I played a lot of Dragon Quest XI. Luckily, I had played it quite a lot before, so the Gamescom didn't, and didn't hinder too much my gameplay. And you'll, you'll read a review of that one quite quite soon. I can't tell you when. But um, besides that, I played uh, quite a bit of Final Fantasy XIV um, because I've I gotten back into that that uh, groove. And uh, today there is the beginning of the Rising um, event, which uh, uh, commemorates the cataclysm, basically, that um, the fall of Dalamud when Final Fantasy XIV, the original one, was closed, and then moved into Final Fantasy XIV, A Real Reborn. Uh, but I haven't seen the event anyway, I wouldn't spoil it. Um, I will play it later when I'm done recording. Um, and that's it, pretty much. Uh, of course, there is going to be a lot of talk about the games I played, the Gamescom, right and now, when I'm going to talk about Gamescom, which is the main topic of our <laughs> of our uh, podcast, so Gamescom, as I said, it's held in Germany, in Cologne, but or Köln, as the Germans say. But um, it was very rich of Japanese developers. Actually, many Japanese developers prefer to show their games at Gamescom compared to E3 because Gamescom is a full uh, consumer event, meaning that um, gamers. With that are not press, uh, are able to actually get in, uh, can get a ticket normally. It doesn't cost a, a million dollars to get in, uh, unlike E3 that costs a ton and, and only in the tickets are limited. So basically, you can uh, you can simply go there and get your ticket or uh, book your ticket in advance. And in any case, it's open to uh, under thousands of, uh, of of gamers and showing the games there is certainly more effective in certain ways than it is at E3. Um, unfortunately, I was like literally wrecked the whole show because uh, as you may know uh, most of our team is in the US uh, we have two new Europeans uh, which are which are Owen and uh, um, Rachel and they are both from Ireland even from different part of Ireland unfortunately they were, they joined us very very recently so we didn't have time to actually bring them at Gamescom because you, you need to request your pass and everything quite a bit in advance which means that I was alone, as usual, because, <laughs> you know, DualShockers is not a big site, so we can't afford to send people in an intercontinental flights to Germany when you have someone already there, and we had A3 just before. So basically, I was, I was one man in the show, which means I was absolutely dis destroyed. Because <laughs> basically what happened during the show is that they I, I left on Monday, um, actually, I, I left on home on Sunday. Uh, the airport isn't great, um, like, transportation wise. Uh, the, we have two airports close to where I am and, and we got to the smaller one. And then this one is not per, is not great transportation wise. So I basically, in order to take the flight at 6 a.m., uh, I basically spent the night at the airport. So I was already not great <laughs> when I got to Cologne. Uh, and then, uh, then there was the NVIDIA event, which wasn't very Japanese oriented. So, but the RTX technology is promising. 
And then the day after Monday, uh, I started <laughs> hell on earth. I mean, it's great to, to be able to play a game and talk to developers as much as uh, I love it. When, but you know, it's it's very tiring when you're alone and you have to bounce from uh, a booth front to the other because you don't have any time to rest at all. Uh, you don't have any time to rest. You don't have any time to you know say hello to people you know around. It's very it's a very tiring experience. Uh, which means that yeah, um, as you may have noticed, some of the gameplay I posted uh, in our in our YouTube channel isn't great. Uh, because I was so tired and I, I had so, uh, I, I was fighting to keep my eyes closed, especially the, the second and third gate day, especially since I, I don't know, when I got, when I got to the hotel every evening, I had to write. So there is not much time to sleep as well. Um, I did not post that that one clip of one game that will not, will, not, will not tell, which is not a Japanese game anyway, in which I actually f- fell asleep at the controls, and the developers nicely actually let me sleep until the end of the event. I, I actually would have preferred that that uh, they woke me up, but you know, <laughs> nice of them. They didn't even they didn't even complain. Probably I'm not the only one that does that. Uh, but they haven't only once. I'm, I'm sorry to, to the developers. It wasn't Japanese games anyway. Um, it wasn't a boring game, by the way. It was a very relaxing game, and the couch on which I was sitting was very comfortable. So, yeah. <sighs> it happens. Anyway, the, besides this preamble, so I apologize if my gameplay is not that great, but please remember, when you comment on YouTube, not just on, on our videos, but on anyone's videos, remember that people playing like games at an event normally play that game for the first time they are not used to the controls they're not used to uh the mechanics they uh probably had scan time to see the tutorial if there is a tutorial because many times there isn't um so in, in many games i played there was no tutorial at all um so please understand that when you see those videos and the gameplay seems a little bit bad or even very bad uh not just me but everyone is pretty much in the same condition we're all tired we're all fighting to keep our eyes open we're all keeping one eye on uh, when it's open on uh, on the screen in front of us and one eye on the laptop to see that if the recording is going smoothly uh so yeah it's it's very difficult to actually play well while at an event and you have you have no time to you know play first get used to it and then record because normally you have like 15 minutes to record whatever you can record, so you, you, go, you go in and record immediately because you want some gameplay. Um, so yeah, that that's how it happens. So before you you go and you know post some angry comments at people, especially even me, <laughs> uh, telling them that they are terrible terrible players or all that. Remember that uh, you know we're not sitting in a, on our couch at home. We would very much like to sit on our couch at home. Most of us are super tired. And uh, many of us have many, many, many appointments. Bigger sites can afford sending big teams for, like, just for uh, so they have like many, many players uh, that they can just do fewer appointments each. But a site like ours, when they send one person, you have to do everything. I had a total of thirty-five or thirty-six appointments through the three days. So you know. <laughs> that gets tiring, really, really tiring. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much what I wanted to to say. So apologies for the quality. Uh, I hope you still enjoy uh, the videos uh, that you'll see or that you have already seen on uh, on the site. Besides that, I got to play and to talk to many developers and to play with many of them. So I'm going to go in order. Well, in order, really. There isn't really an order. I'm simply going to go in, in, in order in which I, will, I remember them. So one of the most interesting uh, encounter I had was uh, uh, Square Enix. Square Enix was kind of funny this time around because I had three interviews. Uh, I had an interview with uh, Naoki Yoshida and, um, and uh, Soken-san, the composer, producer and composer of Final Fantasy XIV. And I was paired with another Italian journalist, uh, which is a very good friend of mine. And we, neither of us knew we were paired together. And he is also a very, very 
uh, passionate Final Fantasy fourteen players. Players, so basically, uh, we double teamed them, <laughs> and it was a lot of fun. That uh, actually is a um, rarity for uh, MMORPGs because MMORPG, as you probably know, journalists don't play MMORPGs a lot because they take a lot of uh, dedication, and normally we don't have all that much time to dedicate to one MMORPG. So uh, it's actually very rare that you get paired with another journalist that plays that game or has, has, has played it at all. So when you actually are lucky and you get paired with someone that knows this stuff, it's awesome because both people's questions are very pertinent and we have fun because we know what it's what it's talking about. So basically, that was uh, me, this journalist, and uh, um, then uh, Yoshida-san, uh, Soken-san, and uh, Koji Fox, uh, which works on the localization of uh, um, of Final Fantasy XIV, and we're laughing all the time because you know when when you know what what people are talking about, it's fun. You can you know throw around jokes, and people understand the jokes. So yeah, the, that interview was very fun, and you will read it this week. Uh, but we, there was some interesting things. I, I'm going to tell you one thing for uh, from the interview that I I haven't even written yet. Um, basically, two years ago or three years ago, I don't remember. I asked Yoshida-san during I I think it was the second or third interview I had with him, uh, what class, what job would he like to implement in uh, the um, in the Stormblood expansion? I think it was like a, a couple of years ago uh, when the expansion was just announced or in the next expansion. I, I, don't, I think it actually was just before when we knew that an expansion would come, but not that the expansion uh, would be called Stormblood or anything. Um and he told me Red Mage. Uh, that was his. I asked him his personal opinion because, of course, if you ask him what kind, what what, what job is going to be is to be added before it's announced, he will tell you. No, I can tell you. But I asked him what his personal preference was, and he told me Red Mage. And a Red Mage actually came in Stormblood. Um, so <laughs> this year, I actually told him. Well, since you told me this two years ago. And everyone was laughing. Um, then, what's your personal class you would like to <laughs> you would like to to add? And he told me arithmetician. He told me it would be fun to have something like that. Could that be an actually into the next class? I don't think so. You probably you know probably told me oh you you got it once, but you probably want the next time. I don't know. Uh, but this is the one a, a job that Naoki Yoshida would like personally to implement. Uh, I don't know if it ever come, uh, but it would be fun to have an admission. Uh, all in all, it was a really fun interview. Uh, then I had another interview, and this was uh, with the with the staff of um, the Quiet Men, uh, and they told me quite a lot of interesting things. They are very indie oriented team. If they most of them actually work for Square Enix, uh, it's a uh, the game is uh, is a bit is is interesting, but uh, I don't know if it will be a successful experiment. Uh, they are. Pointing to have it very cheap, uh, I believe it's five fifteen bucks, uh, and lasting about three hours, pretty much like a movie. Uh, so it will, it will, you will see if if people will actually embrace it. Uh, but yeah, uh, they told me quite a few things, and, and even here the interview you will read it, uh, you will read it like later this week. Uh, and and in this one, I was supposed to be paired with someone, and that someone didn't come. So I basically had the the developer uh, for a whole hour <laughs> for all for me, which I I kind of like. Um, then the same the, the second interview, the third interview I was Enix was left alive, which also the person I was paired with did not show up. So I had the developers to all to me for a for a whole hour. That's was that was fantastic because I was. Super looking forward to Left Alive, and there was there had been no information for for an hour, pretty much, for for an year, pretty much. Because yeah, they said once in a while the same few things, but they really didn't say much, and it was mostly hints. Um, so basically, I was uh, with the director Toshifumi Nabeshima, which we probably know for the Air Armored Core series. 
And the producer, Shinji Hashimoto, which probably knew because he is the producer of the Final Fantasy series. And I mean, <laughs> being talking for an hour with Hashimoto-san, which is a absolute legend, uh, is is quite the honor for me. And I, I was trying not to fanboy too much, and even for Nabeshima-san, because I, I, I am very much of, a, of, of an Armor Core fan as well. And I'm a big fan of the Front Mission series, and Left Alive is a new game with the Front Mission series. In fact, they told me that they decided to call it Left Alive and not from Front Mission just because um, they wanted it to feel... To, they wanted the public to know that it's something different, even if it's in the same franchise, because it's not anymore a strategy RPG. It's a uh, third-person shooter with uh, survival elements and with mecha combat. Uh, so... And it looks very good. I've seen, I've seen some videos. I actually did not play it because it was not playable. But I've seen videos of the gameplay. Unfortunately, they just gave us screenshots of those videos. You can see five screenshots of the game on the on the site, uh, and uh, and those screenshots come directly from that gameplay. Um, so it was very very interesting. I I I, I, I like what I see. Uh, some things were a little rough still, but because that's, you know, that's, uh, the game is not finished yet. Like, facial animation were a bit rough, but the rest would, like, the, the mecha combat looked fantastic. I, 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 honestly, they say that you have choice to go into the mecha or just to proceed on foot. I'm gonna go into the mecha every second, like the, the onesers, sorry. That's what, that's what you call them. Um, I'm gonna be there every possible chance I get because that mecha combat looked fantastic um, in any case they, the project is still very well uh, alive they told me that uh, that the more information will come soon and I, I have a lot of information to share through the week uh, but yeah the, I expect they, they did not confirm this so don't take it as confirmation that there is going to be more at Tokyo Game Show, uh, and I will be there definitely, uh, ready to to report on all the things. Uh, I hope that we're going to get a release date because there was no release date this uh, at this uh, Gamescom. As you probably noticed, there was no release of any trailer or any specific news from Square Enix. All they did was inviting journalists behind the closed doors to talk to the developers, pretty much showing that the project is still, still there. But um, they did not do reveal a trailer or anything. So that was a pretty interesting, strange thing, because normally at Gamescom, they normally they reveal a trailer, they have a big fanfare, and but this time around was just a behind closed door thing. But it was very very interesting. And if you were interested in Left Alive, I encourage you to um, to look forward to more information this week uh, in very strange style. Like look forward to it. Uh, but yeah, and also at Tokyo Game Show, it's possibly gonna come more come more of it. Um, the one thing that I can say is about the character design of um, by Yoshi uh, Shinkawa. Uh, it even just by looking, the first thing I saw was a female character, which I believe is the female character in the art, uh, in the key art to the game, uh, because there are three characters in the game playable. Uh, the female character was from the behind, and immediately I, I could recognize the style of Shinkawa Sensei because it was like super recognizable. And that the fact that the the heart is done by him was fantastic. By the way, I've been told also why uh, and how they they got in touch with Shinkawa-san, and that will be in in uh, in more news posts that will come this week. So look forward to it. Um, then uh, there was a lot more, of course. Uh, Square Enix was, wasn't the only one I visited. Uh, there was a ton of stuff. So let's go in in order, pretty much. Uh, I after that I went to uh, Capcom, and uh, uh, we had like an hour. Uh, unfortunately, there was no interview here, but I got to play um, David May Cry Five. Sorry, uh, and. Uh, it was fantastic. That was a lot of fun. You can see the gameplay on the side. Uh, 
the game the, there is an option to uh, have an assist that will let you do good combos even when you're battle mashing which is of course i used because i had no idea how to how to how to, to play it like it right from the start yeah it's only 20 minutes to play uh but it's very satisfying, even in that one. I look forward next time I play it on a Tokyo Game Show. Uh, probably, I, I hope it's gonna be a Tokyo Game Show, but that I, I'm guessing it's gonna be. Um, if I get to play it there, I hope I, I I look forward to actually play it without the assist. But it's very spectacular, and it's one of the best looking games I've seen in a long time. And uh, then I played uh, Resident Evil Two, and this this time around I was playing Claire. And uh, I was playing a a section that was it was uh, more combat oriented than the one uh, that was shown at E3. Basically, you you had to uh, to kill an enemy. Uh, I was uh, following you around in circles, and and it was so <laughs> scary in a way that basically uh, this guy, if you turn around, he wasn't there anymore, uh, and. Uh, you had to. It was like hulking and terrible, and 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 you could only you had only limited ammo, so you had to really be careful about shooting him. And if you turn around to run away, you turn back, and he wasn't there. And then if you stayed in a corner and say, "Okay, okay I'm in a corner between these two corridors, so whichever side this guy comes from, I'm gonna shoot him because I can see him coming." And then this guy comes from a bow. <laughs> and, oh my God. I, I kind of jumped in the seat and, you know, I, I died at the end. I then, then I played a second time and I, and I finally kill him. But unfortunately, there was no more, uh, time to go on. It was a lot of fun. It was very thrilling. Like the chase is thrilling. I may tell you. It's really thrilling. Uh, like the game looks fantastic too. Like the Resident Evil engine really, like between David and Cry, Five and um, and Resident Evil Two, that engine really has come into its own. Like it's it's fantastic. I I, I love what I've seen from it from so far. Uh, then I played quite a lot of Bandai Namco stuff. Ace Combat Seven, I played and it's fantastic. Like uh, you guys voted it as as our uh, readers' choice game of game of show, and Boyd deserves it. Uh, hit a it's literally a mix of Ace Combat 4 and Ace Combat 5, and it feels so good. Unfortunately, I didn't have a flight stick to, to play it, but I, and I just have a DualShock 4, but it was still fun. It was like solid. Just don't play with the, with the default controls that like, they're, they're stupidly named, honestly, because the default control are actually beginner controls and you basically, you can't even flip your plane. That's really sucks and totally destroys the sense of immersion. Uh, on the other end, the expert controls are the normal controls <laughs> and it's a lot of fun to play with them and the sensation of, of traveling, of, of flying, flying to the sky. It's just amazing. I, I just love it and, and I can't wait to play that. And the story I've seen in the trailers, you've seen it too. It's just. I just, it's, it's Ace Combat 5 all over again. And I know some people like Ace Combat 4 more, but I'm more of a 5 guy. And I, and for me, that's fantastic. I also interviewed, uh, Kono-san, the producer. And I will be, uh, posting the interview later. Uh, then I played, uh, I played, uh, One Piece, um, One Piece, uh, World Seeker. The open world One Piece gameplay. It wasn't very open world because the demo area was Limited by invisible walls. You probably see in my gameplay and there is a point in which I bang my face against the invisible wall and there is an enemy beyond that invisible wall and I try to kill him and I just bang his invisible wall and then I try to drag, to drag him into meat, uh, and uh, he bangs against the invisible wall. So yeah. But that invisible wall, I've been confirmed. It's just for the demo. It won't appear. Any invisible wall. In the game, and the game was quite a bit of fun. There is one thing that there was that I had a gripe with. It was there was no lock on on enemy, which was pretty annoying to try to get them into my in, into my sights and to keep them into my sights when I wanted to uh, to hit them. In fact, sometimes I was just hitting the um, 
Luffy super moves and I just hit air. Uh, I was a little bit annoying. So lock on, and, but I've been told that lock on could come. Uh, that's, I think it, it is indispensable. Uh, I played a little bit of, uh, um, of jump or for jump force as well. Uh, it's, it's nice. I, I am not sure just yet how much potential it has. It definitely is more of a casual fighter. It's not something that I think will do a big splash as uh, in in like competitive gameplay i've been told that it's more it's not intended to be something like dragon fighters as competitive uh, quality and more something akin to uh dragon World xenoverse gameplay wise um in fact i also interviewed the the producers of both uh dragon um one piece um Bought One Piece, uh, were Seeker and Jump Force. And they told me something interesting. Unfortunately, I had them together for only 20 minutes. So I only have 10 minutes each. Uh, so it was a very quick interview, but I still got some, uh, quick and dirty facts that you will read very soon on Dual Shockers as well. Uh, then what else do I, did I have, uh, Japanese wise? Cause I had a lot of more of what I'm talking about, of course, but, uh, uh, a lot of it is, uh, um, it's not Japanese, obviously. Um, what did I have? So I, oh, of course, I talked with, um, um, well, so I played Soul Calibur for a six and it feels great. And I talked to the producer, uh, Okubo-san, which was super open and, and transparent with me. And I really, that felt like a, a, a breath of fresh air. The guy is adorable. Like literally is awesome. I, it's, it's one of the developers I had the most pleasure to talk, to talk to. Uh, like it really felt great to talk to him because it felt like he held back nothing. Like I asked him, since he told me very clearly that Tekken 5, 7, Tekken 6, or what am I talking about Tekken? Well, it worked on, Tek- on Tekken 7, <laughs> uh, as well. But, um, uh, Soul Calibur 6, uh, it took so long because he had to convince the, the higher ups at Bandai Namco to make it because they didn't really have much trust in the, in the franchise because after, you know, a couple of unsuccessful titles, it really was a bit in a crisis and it was like, uh, risking to disappear at all. So he asked me, I asked him like, uh, if, uh, if this could be the last Soul Calibur, if it doesn't do well, very well expecting that he would tell me they would try to dodge the question. He did not. He actually told me very clearly that it could be a possibility that, uh, this would be a Lasso Kybor if uh, Sukaibor 6 is not successful and actually annoyed me quite a lot when I posted this news. Quite a, quite a few people say, Oh, is, is blackmailing, uh, the, the gamers to, into buying the game? It is not. It, I would, you would have a point if it, if it told, if they told this by themselves. Uh, but I asked him and he had two chances. First chance was to respond honestly, like I believe he did or to lie. Would, would you prefer him to lie? I don't think so. So I actually really like the transparency in this. Um, he also told me a few more times, he told me that, uh, they could, uh, consider the Switch maybe after the, uh, PS4, Xbox One, and PC version has launched. Uh, he told me that, um, there could be, if the game is successful, there could be some costumes at DLCs. Uh, he also told me that, um, one, maybe one of the characters that are coming in the, um, in the season pass could be another guest characters, but he did not say, he did not, he did not say for sure. He say that it, that's a possibility. Um, and he told me a few other things interesting, but, uh, you will read that those very soon. Then I played Dead or Alive 6, uh, as well. And, uh, you can see quite a bit of gameplay. Uh, I also talked with, uh, Shimbori-san, the producer, uh, which also was quite open and quite honest with with me, especially on the uh, issue of uh, um, of like uh, you know the fan service and all. Uh, one thing that's interesting is that first the build games come for the first time and actually some more fan service uh, in the fact that uh, the uh, chest physics are back. Uh, some of course some 
say think it's not it's not enough but they they still look pretty good to me uh maybe if they added more options i would be happy and i'm probably gonna ask him borisang if i find if i meet him i'm talking him show whether we can have some options in there but uh also since helena's uh chest has been brought back to standard <laughs> let's say since it, it had shrunk quite a bit in the, in the build they have seen at uh e3 maybe maybe they've seen the reception of that first build and they're willing to you know uh to mediate a bit i don't know i don't know how it's gonna be i don't know how, if people's gonna satisfy but personally i think they're making an effort to uh please the fans uh, we'll see if that effort would be enough. Uh, it was pleasing enough for me. Um, then, let's see. Uh, what else there was? Um, um, oh, yeah, of course. I played Sekiro, uh, which was very fun. Uh, it took me a bit to get used to the controls because contrary to what uh, many believe, it plays nothing like a Souls game like nothing uh it's very much more based on the swordplay like the um the exchange in uh attack and repost uh with the swords is completely different and feels completely different from a souls game and that's the bread and butter of this game um and it needs to take it takes a little bit to get used to uh there is also the resurrection mechanic and that works that if you die once you can resurrect on the spot if you die twice you go back at the bonfire well it's not a bonfire it's a sculpture statue or something like that but it's still a bonfire basically that's how it works um and that does play like a souls game on Besides the fact that you can resurrect once and you can actually take the enemy by surprise uh that was the interesting thing is that the, the developers were actually quite surprised that I managed to kill the the, the last mini boss that was there it was an ogre, uh, and I found it a little too easy. And, I, and he said, "Like why?" Uh, they were surprised, and I was like, well, "Well, you can just jump on top of him and on stealth and, and one shot them." And and I were like, "Oh yeah, uh, that that's true." Uh, so that was slightly anticlimactic. Uh, because yeah, you know, you, you, you have this big ogre, and then they told me that, well, if you face it, face it face by face, face, face by face, you, like, if you face this fair and square, uh, it would have been very difficult. And well, I was like, yeah, sure, but why, why should I? It's a ninja game. I'm, I'm being stealthy here. And you can be stealthy. I think for me, at least, the, the fun of the game is mostly, mostly going to be stealthily. And they told me that you can play most of the game stealthily. But of course, you have to play the bo- most of the bosses. The bosses you have to pl- actually fight them normally. Uh, the game is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. It was super fluid. Uh, it was running on PC, uh, 4K, 60 FPS. So I did enjoy it. Um, the only thing is, uh, I it took me a little bit to to get used to the controls. But that once you get used to the controls, it's fun to play. It's I, I really enjoyed it, and I think it's going to be another hit for the Soul Steam, definitely. Uh, then what else did I play? Huh. Oh yeah, my my brain is a little dead. Can you can you can you see? Can you feel that? My brain is literally like uh, kind of dead, yeah, <laughs> kind of just blur. Uh, so yeah, uh, I played. Um, I I had a meeting with Sega, and uh, I I met with uh, with Sarah Wellock, which is their uh, European PR manager, and she showed me um, quite a few three uh, games. She showed me Persona. Uh, I mean, Persona Dancing. Uh, I believe I was, uh, um, well, I was playing a Persona uh, 5, uh, dancing on uh, the PS4. And I sucked at it because as you know, I suck at written games. So yeah, uh, there is that. But, uh, but yeah, you know, there was, uh, I made her laugh. So that's, that's fine. <laughs> then I played, um, I play, I, I played, uh, Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise. 
And I did not suck at that one, but that's, I was cheating because mostly, uh, <laughs> because I, I played half of it in Japanese already and the game is fantastic. It feels great. And like, uh, the demo that I was playing there included the, uh, bad guy batting. You're basically batting some get bad guys coming with, with a steel beam. You're batting them and they're coming with a, charging at you with, with a motorbike. And that's like, like, uh, like Yakuza's Batting center, it's addictive. You just, <laughs> you could just play it for hours. Uh, then it was like some fighting and stuff, and those, that's, that's pretty interesting. Funny thing of, of Fist of the North Star is that you pro- probably noticed if you've seen some gameplay, you get, uh, like you get a lot of little cutscenes in which the, the bad guys, uh, explode because that's what Okuto no Kenny is. Uh, when I played the first time, I thought, uh, they would get old. But honestly, I put like 20 hours in the game and I, they didn't yet get old and they weren't feeling old when I was, when I played the English version at Gamescom. So I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the game. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a great Yakuza game with a Kenshiro skin, basically. <laughs> well, you can have the, the, the Kazuma Kiryoshi skin. So basically it would be a Yakuza game with the, Fist of North Star skin with the Yakuza skin. <laughs> Skinception. So, <laughs> and then I played Valkyria Chronicles, um, four, which I also already finished in Japanese. So, well, yeah, that was pretty easy. Uh, funny thing, I was told by, I was told by, by Miss Wallock that I was the only one that actually finished that level, which was kind of baffling. Probably people were very tired like I was because that level is really easy. <laughs> Maybe people just don't care for, 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 you know, strategy games. But yeah, I was, that was, uh, my Sega appointment. Sega, sorry. That was fun. Uh, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun to, to actually get to play the English versions of, uh, of, uh, of the games. And interestingly, remember how bad the localization for Valkyria Chronicles 1 and 2 were? I like the, the localization for four is actually very good. I was not expecting that. Uh, at least for what I've seen, the localization is good, uh, not perfect as, as usual, because you know, my, my idea for localization, I'm a little bit more, bit more demanding than usual. So my ideas are like not exactly, uh, the most forgiving, but in the end, uh, I could, Enjoy the English voice acting, which is something rare. Uh, I will still probably play it in Japanese, uh, at least for the voice acting, uh, even if I already finished it in Japanese. But I would like to like enjoy it with subtitles. But in the end, uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised by the quality that if someone is not as demanding as me for voice acting, they probably enjoy this this English voice acting. Unfortunately, I could not test the one for. Uh, Fist of the North Star because it was uh, the demo I was shown was mostly post story stuff and that does not have vo- much voice acting at all. So yeah, uh, let's see what else. Um, Actually, oh uh, yeah, I talked with Aaron Grimberg, uh, which is um, as you know the uh, marketing guru at Xbox. And, uh, you will see the interview probably tomorrow but on your own, but there is already news out, uh, out there for this. And he actually pledged his Microsoft, uh, support for Japanese games again. It all that, you know, they, they do whatever they can to get Japanese games on stage and they want to help Japanese developers, um, succeed on stage. And uh, I can definitely get behind this. I, I understand that many criticize Microsoft because they actually lacked a little bit of uh, variety in their lineup. And certainly they did not encourage in the past uh, their players to enjoy Japanese games. But they're doing what they can to, to, to change this. Um, like they're not 
money hatting anymore for exclusives because probably you know it wouldn't worth it for them but they are trying to get at least getting the games on their platform so that people that are on xbox can enjoy them and so that the developers japanese developers will continue to support the platform and i think that's a noble thing and i really enjoy the fact that people on xbox can the entire ps4 or switch can enjoy japanese games so i'm really happy that they are continuing to persevere on this um I really hope that they will continue to do so because, you know, they, I mean, I, I understand that they probably Japanese games don't make a killing on Xbox, but they, the fact that they exist is a good thing. Uh, and I think they should continue to, to focus on them. And I really hope that, um, we're going to see more from, uh, from Xbox. Um, if it were, if I was them, uh, I would just, you know, create the studio studio in Japan or, or buy one. Maybe not a ginormous studio, but you know, uh, but you know, that's just, just just me. Uh, I'm sure they have their plans, and maybe they will sooner or later. There was some rumors why they were they were creating a studio in Osaka, but I don't think those were anything more than rumors. Uh, and that were like before the Xbox One generation anyway, it was the Xbox 360 generation. So yeah, we'll see. Anyway, I, I'm very happy every time I talk with Aaron and I really like talking with Aaron because he's very like, um, he's a gamer and you, and you can feel it. Um, and, uh, he always tells, tells me thing like, tells me, tells me interesting thing, which I enjoy. Um, so yeah. That's what they told me about Japanese games. They told me about a bunch of other things about things that are not Japanese games, but you will just read them in the interview and actually see it because I'm going to post a video of it. Uh, and that pretty much is it for Japanese games I played at Gamescom. Uh, I don't believe I forgot anything besides a, a few like smaller ones. Uh, which we'll see about in the, in the site, but that's what, well, that was the day they, Big part of it. Uh, of course, the big uh, Japanese uh, event is coming fast. Just Tokyo Game Show. I will be in Tokyo starting on the 13th of September. Actually, I will depart from Italy on the 13th of September. I will be in Tokyo on the 14th morning. And then I will stay there until October 4th. Uh, I will have some interviews outside the Tokyo Game Show on top of Tokyo Game Show proper. And uh, it will be a lot of fun. Uh, I have a lot of it, a lot of interesting things coming there, and uh, even uh, from developers that normally are not at Tokyo Game Show. So uh, look forward to it. I know you guys are looking forward for to a few Japanese games that we haven't heard much about yet, and I may be able to to like pull up some information out of the developers from those. Uh, you will see. I'm not going to spoil much, but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to Tokyo Game Show and uh, to what's coming. Uh, of course, Tokyo Game Show is uh, around the 20th of September. I believe it starts on the 21st, uh, something like that. Uh, and then it lasts like four days. It's, it's not a giant convention, but it's, it's fine. It's fun. And, uh, it's, as you know, it's my favorite, uh, show of the year. Everything is ready for it, and uh, I will also be go to Akihabara to do a ton of shopping, <laughs> to do some reporting because, of course, you want to see more of what's happening in Akihabara, and you will, I promise. Uh, and uh, just look forward to it because there is a ton. Uh, there is always a ton to report when I'm in Japan, and I will do it. Um, so that's pretty much it for today's episode. I hope I hope you enjoyed. Uh, oh, well, uh, what, what the hell am I saying? See, I'm tired. I know. Um, I'm, I'm, I have to, to talk about the news of the week, which is there, there is more about news besides the fact that I actually saw stuff at, at Gamescom. <laughs> uh, what an idiot! I'm sorry. Uh, so let's get into that. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I suck. <sighs> so, let's get let's get started uh with the news. Um but I can just go through them fast because you guys already listened to me ramble for a long time today and I'm pretty sure you're tired. 
So, well, we got a bunch of trailers. I'm not going to mention all the trailers we got because we've got a ton of them. Uh, just a few that are, like, interesting. Uh, we finally got a release date for uh, Shenmue 3. That's going to come in, in August 27th. Uh, but 2019, of course, because otherwise it would be today. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I, oh, <laughs> you know what? I just noticed Shamu Tree releases one year, exactly one year from now. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, let's hope it's great as it, what we've seen lately looked pretty much a lot better than what we see originally. So I'm happy that that they're, they're making progress. August 27, 2019 is a bit far, but, you know, it's a small team uh, with some part outsourced, so I'm not surprised. So got some demos, a new demos in X Machina series for Switch uh, trailer and also a some gameplay, and that was always also very interesting. It's interesting because... The producer of the Armor Core series now work at Demon X Machina and the director now works in Dead Alive. I actually asked the director if there is some kind of rivalry between them now, but he told me that they're very supportive of each other's work. So they, they want to see, uh, each other succeed. Um, then, uh, we saw, um, new trailers for, uh, Tira, Tira announced for Sukalibur 5, 4, 6, uh, Five, four, six. Oh my God. Uh, today is a stupid, stupid cast. Uh, yeah. So Caribor six, uh, she will be a DLC character. I know people are a bit angry about that. You know, uh, ultimately the game comes from two, the two story modes sign. So it's not like it lacks content. Um, then what else? Uh, well, I've seen cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah, that's not Japanese. But for some reason, I always feel cyberpunk setting as a little bit of Japanese contamination. But yeah, I'm not going to 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 push that right here. But yeah, uh, there has been a the release of a dynamic team uh, for Shamu One and Two. Speaking of Shamu, uh, it's by Tron Pixel and it's fantastic. It's only on North American PlayStation Store, but it's really worth downloading it. It's great. Um, then what else? Uh, we got a bunch of trailers and screenshots and stuff for Persona Q2, which is still coming for P- for 3DS. Sorry, that's that's how it is. Looks like it's not a waste, uh, but the game looks interesting, especially if you like the Etrian Odyssey um, mechanics. So yeah, uh, that that's also. A, a very good like uh, dungeon RPG so it's really something I'm looking forward to uh, oh the, the one the big the big story for me at least I remember I'm big lover to the Langrisser series of strategy RPGs and uh, published by Kadokawa game that it's getting full remake of both Langrisser 1 and Langrisser 2 which is wow I was floored and I really want to see what, what it is. There isn't the character design for, Satu, for by Satoshi Urushiara anymore. Uh, so yeah, but, but it's, they, it's actually getting the character designer from the, uh, artists of art, uh, the Art on Elico series. Um, and the good, the good news, very good news is that Noriyuki Wadare, uh, is coming back as the composer. And if you don't know him for his compositions in the Langbrister series, maybe you know him for his work on the Lunar series. And that's some fantastic music. And I really, really want to see, uh, how the game plays like. Um, then we got some more, some more news from Square Enix. They announced that, um, uh, Million Arthur Arcana Blood, which is a, uh, fighting game that was only released on arcade, uh, is coming to PS4, uh, in Japan, so only so far. Um, and it's coming in Japan on November 29th. Uh, interestingly, they made a crossover with SNK. So, uh, Million Arthur is getting, um, Yori Yagami and, uh, SNK Heroines uh, Tagged in Frenzy is getting uh, Thief Arthur from Million Arthur. So that's an interesting crossover. So, And it's always nice to see Japanese 
companies doing crossovers together. Uh, for Soul Calibur 6, they also announced just yesterday evening as well, which seems to be like the big baddie of the game. He calls him the leader of humanity for some reason. And he actually can use pretty much the weapons of Gilgamesh <laughs> uh, from uh, the Fate series. He can basically make weapons appear, uh, which eh, is interesting. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to see how it pans out. But uh, we have seen some of his gameplay seems pretty, um, pretty interesting and pretty Tactic, so uh, especially. So I'm looking forward to see how he behaves as a villain. Uh, and that's pretty much it for this week. Uh, was other things, uh, but, but were minor. Uh, certainly it was an exciting week. Uh, but I wish I could. I wish I could have a day off. <laughs> Finally, yesterday that I totally understood him. I, I was looking at this uh, the Soul Calibur's live stream. Uh, where they announced Adza, um, when they announced this new villain as well. And, uh, uh, Motohiro Kubo, the, the producer was there and, uh, and he was talking how him is, is just was a gamescom and he had to go to this, um, to this tournament in America. And now he has to go back to, to Japan at the office, at the studio to work to finish the game. It's like, I want the day off in English because his, his English is very good actually. And like, uh, me too. <laughs> That's, that is a, a, a reminder that, that developers really work a lot. So when you're tempted to bash them because they do something in a game that you don't like, remember that this is people that work super hard for the hobby that we do. So we can be a little bit forgiving with them. Maybe even if they, I mean, understand if their games are bad and criticize, criticism is okay, but remember the bashing is not, uh, because it's people that really, really works hard for, for our enjoyment in the end. So. Keep that in mind when you feel like that you have something really uh, nasty to say about a developer. And that's very important. And I've, I've heard uh, quite a few things this week, uh, both towards Okubo-san because of uh, of Tira and uh, towards Shimbori-san as well towards uh, because of the fan service situation in Dead or Alive. Remember that many of these decisions are made much above the pay grade of a producer. They're made as a, at a corporate level. And so bashing the producer personally or the developer, whoever it is personally is really not a good thing. It doesn't make you look good and it does not help them see your way. Quite, quite the difference actually is that if you go overboard, they, you will immediately be identified as the vocal minority. So your feedback will not be perceived. It will not be received in a way that will be constructive. On the other hand, if you keep your head level, if you keep, if you keep cool and uh, explain your reasons, uh, like carefully, uh, they and, and kindly, you know, with, with a little bit of humanity, they will most probably be more, much more open to receive it. And remember that in the end, both Okubo-san and Shimbori-san, they do check, uh, social media. So they do see your feedback. Uh, just keep it civil. It's, that's very important. And I think uh, we should, as gamers, be kind to the people that make are the games that we enjoy. Uh, whether sometimes we, we will make choices that we don't uh, share or that we don't approve of, but in the end, there are people like we are and the people that work very hard. So keep that in mind when when you're uh, when you're tempted to say something nasty. Okay. Now that I've finished with my little preaching, <laughs> I'm done with this week. So thank you for for listening. Thank you for following as usual. And uh, if you enjoyed this, the podcast, uh, please leave a thumbs up on uh, YouTube. If you didn't enjoy it, please leave a thumbs up. Down, it's fine. Uh, I wasn't trying to be subliminal here. I say that because I'm tired. I meant thumbs down. <laughs> and uh, again, thank you. And see you next time. Bye.